Hello and welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. I'm Marie Miles here. Great to have you again with me this week. And it was very remiss of me not to acknowledge World Mental Health Day last week that it was coming up. So what I thought I'd do is before we get into our chat, I'm going to share with you a poem that I wrote earlier in the year and it's called Depression is a Funny Thing. Depression is a funny thing. It does not make me laugh. It used to make me cry. It used to stab me in the heart until the pain would make me angry, hungry, sending me for food to make me feel the way I felt when I was small and safe and good. But now it doesn't do that. This time I'm more stressed out in case somebody asks me to do or say or shout and tell them everything is fine. I'll take care of that because it's what I do. I sort things out, except for age old fat that I'm trying trying, trying to disrobe from, but I cannot concentrate on every single thing that's asked of me. No one asked me? Oh, wait. It was me who piled the stuff on. It was me who got it wrong. Expectations, responsibilities, more words, more songs. I thought I had to do it all and carry all the weight while trying to lose it without losing it, while not losing the faith. Does it look like I am losing any sense of sense right now? Well, that's it. You've now seen how it works. It makes me feel that now I must explain and say I'm sorry that I don't know where, why, how. Stop. See how it steals my peace? So I'll stop and ask you just to wait and let me find a way back to thinking, breathing, eating normally. Is the word normal okay? You see, depression is a funny thing. It does not make me laugh, but the joke's on me and will be while I travel on this path to God knows where and God knows when but that's good enough for me because though I live with my depression my God he lives in me so today's subject is one of my favorite foods in the whole wide world and that is the beautiful the soft the squishy the yummy bread oh my God Goodness, I love bread so much. I wish I didn't, but I totally love bread. Is it an Irish thing? You know, we were all reared on bread and potatoes and potato bread. And then we mixed potatoes and with flour and fried it. I don't know. I just remember it being a staple, you know, most of my life. The smell of freshly baked bread has to be one of the most beautiful smells in the whole world. And the smell of toast. Oh my goodness, I cannot resist the smell of toast. If I smell toast, I just, I've got to have some toast. It's really, really difficult for me. I did actually have a bread maker at one stage and I did try to kind of make my own bread, but I never succeeded. I mean, I would wake up in the morning expecting the beautiful smell and there would be no smell. And then I would open the bread maker and there would be this solid kind of square brick in the bottom that couple of them together you could make a step stool or something you know they were pretty gruesome (laughs) and then there was once there was once I cooked bread in a bread maker and I got it to rise and then when I cut it uh, when I sliced it there was nothing in the middle there was well I mean there was like maybe one eighth of the slice down the bottom right hand corner and then this big empty space where the bread should be 
um, and the crust uh, was uh, rock hard. So there we go. My my bread maker career uh, was very short lived. And it's it's really annoying because I don't swoon over the smell of celery. You know, I, I, I smell celery and I don't go, oh, my goodness, I have to have as much of that as possible. Uh, no, I don't do that. Whereas I smell fresh bread and I just think, oh, my goodness, that is so, so yummy. And there was a biscuit factory actually near where I grew up. And if you walked past it, oh, gosh, it's that smell of burnt flour. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And when I started dieting in my teens, I was actually delighted to find that there were breads made by slimming companies. I thought, you know, this was the answer to all of my wishes. But when those options were presented to me, it was a real disappointment. And I tell you something, I developed a rule that has stood with me over the years and I have stuck to this rule. No matter what, whether I've been on a diet or not, this is my rule. Never eat bread that you can see through. Okay, if you can see through, I don't care if you can have 17 slices for 24 calories. If you can see through a slice of bread, it's not worth the bother. Because if you want to make a tomato sandwich, well, the whole thing is just going to disintegrate. Make a tomato sandwich with that flimsy bread you can see through. Forget it. You're just going to end up with cold tomato soup. If you dip that type of bread into soup, it just disappears. It just <laughs> disappears into the bowl of soup. There is nothing. And I mean, diet food brands have come a long way over the years. The industry is huge. You look at the shelves and you've got so many options. But my sister Liz, now I have three older sisters, older sisters, and um, my sister Liz is getting a mention this week because Liz has helped me on and off over the years as as we've tried to be better eaters, you know, not better at eating. No, sorry, uh, eating better. <laughs> but Liz has a rule about the things that she eats. Don't have the substitute. Don't have the low fat version of it. Don't have the low calorie version of it. Because they'll have had to have taken something natural or they'd have to, to have made something and withdraw the sugar or the fat. So, you know, what do they do in that process to withdraw sugar and fat, and whatever? If it isn't naturally low fat or naturally low in calories, what have they had to do in that process to make it low fat or low calorie? So her rule would be get the if you're going to have something, get the best version of it you can get. So, for example, instead of buying a low calorie, fat free, skinless sausage, go to the butchers, you know, buy the best sausages you can buy and enjoy the good quality meat and seasonings. You know, if you're somebody who likes cheese, then go and buy good quality cheese. I mean, obviously with cheese, you need to watch your portion sizes, but get, get away from the thinking of why would you want a double portion of rubbish cheese? Have a single portion of really good cheese. Obviously, watch the portions, but have the good stuff. And it's the same with bread. If you're going to eat bread, don't buy the bread you can see through and don't eat the highly, highly processed white bread. Yummy and all as it is. Eat the best bread that you can get. So Liz, my sister, has introduced me to making my own spelt wholemeal bread. And don't worry, we're not going back into bread maker territory. This is so easy. Even I can do it. It's it's wholemeal spelt bread with good quality wholemeal spelt flour. Really easy to make. Just four ingredients. So the spelt flour, some buttermilk, a teaspoon of salt and a teaspoon of bicarb. 
Uh, now I can't because I'm lactose intolerant. So I can't have buttermilk. So I use my lacto free milk and I put some lemon juice in it to uh, ferment it a little. But it's this bread is beautiful and it's dense. You could cut a really thin slice of it and you're still getting a decent slice of bread. So I definitely I highly recommend uh, that if you want, you know, the full details of the recipe, it's dead simple. You can give me a shout. But uh, bread has been a staple of food all my life. It's taken me a long time to rearrange my thinking about it. I always believed that it was the only option for lunch. Lunch equals sandwiches. It, I didn't know you could have something for lunch and it not be sandwich. You know, so sometimes I'd have toast or cereal in the mornings when I, I don't eat breakfast these days. But when I did eat breakfast, so it would be carbohydrate in the morning and then always more carbohydrates, some bread for lunch. And even if I was going to have a salad, I'd always have to have a slice of bread or a bread roll with it. And I can't have a bowl of soup without something to dip into it. I just can't. You know, you go to a wedding and usually the starter is soup. You know, you've got a lovely main meal coming. And after that, there'll be dessert. And after that, there'll be coffee and probably something with the coffee. I can't resist <laughs> the bread roll with the soup. It's terrible. I just can't resist it. But I've always believed, particularly lunch, that lunch equals uh, sandwiches. So with the spelt bread that I make myself, it's so much healthier and you get so much more bang for your buck, as it were, you know, with a decent slice of bread in that way. But again, like other foods that I've talked about, bread does it does remind me of childhood. I think this, I know I've talked about this before, how, you know, my memories of childhood are all kind of wrapped up in, in food and company being the same thing, really. I, I specifically remember parties in my granny's house and, and they'd be like sing songs. So we'd all be just sitting around the room and you'd just go around the room and everybody would sing a song, you know, and halfway through the night, there'd be these lovely sandwiches come out. And I used to love that bit. And um, we'd all have a have a sandwich and I could remember smelling the fresh bread coming down the hall and it's just such a beautiful memory for me. But I, I remember going to school with sandwiches every day and even when there was nothing to put on the sandwiches, even when there was nothing else in the house, there was always bread in the house. So sometimes I just went to school with bread and butter and then other times I went to school and it might be a crisp sandwich. I mean, that was huge, you know, <laughs> bread with crisps in between, you know. A carbohydrate sandwich. <laughs> and then sometimes it would be a sprinkle of sugar if there was nothing else. Oh my goodness. I remember opening my lunchbox in school and it would be sugar sandwiches. Oh my goodness. Is it any wonder I am the size I am? <laughs> oh my goodness. I just used to love it. And I, when I moved to the UK, I remember it was the first time that I'd heard of bread and butter pudding. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what, there's a dessert made of bread, you know? So it's just buttered bread and it's kind of laid into a pan. My, my mother-in-law makes it, I mean, it's maybe different people make it different ways, but my mother-in-law would butter the bread, put it in the pan. She'd put raisins or sultanas and sugar and then milk and then put it in the oven. I'd never heard of a bread pudding before and you know as far as I'm concerned the ultimate dessert <laughs> bread butter sugar and milk stick it in the oven oh so um she still makes it now but because of the lactose intolerance I can't eat much of it which is great that's been really helpful actually the lactose intolerance it's kept me away from a lot of those kind of milky puddings but I do have a spoonful as a little treat you know she'd make some for rich and then I'd have a spoonful of his top dog dessert bread but bread and butter pudding 
Some years ago, I listened to the audiobook Alan Carr's Easy Way to Lose Weight, and I remember him talking about the process that wheat goes through to become the flour that's used for the mass production of bread. And it really, it put me off. Now, it didn't put me off enough to stop eating. Oh, no. It just put me off enough for temporarily to, to think about it for a while. But that was years ago, I remember listening to that. And now I think my understanding is better about how bad processed food can be for me. And the more processed it is, the worse it is for my digestive system. And certainly I'm aware of that with the lactose. I can tolerate a bit of cheese, but melted cheese causes me more trouble than just a normal bit of cheese on a sandwich or something or see I've said sandwich because I can't think of anything else but I am aware the more processed a meal is or a particular food is the more issues I have digestively let's put it that way um so that's why I like the idea of the spelt bread because I don't have any issues with it you know it doesn't give me any stomach pains or anything and it's you really feel like you're eating something that's really wholesome and really good for you I have tried baking some of the keto breads. I never really got on with them. There's lots and lots of recipes out there that say this keto recipe and the bread looks and tastes like normal bread. That's never been my experience. (laughs) It's never happened for me. I find it's a lot of work and they can be quite expensive when you add up all the ingredients. And if I'm going to use ground almonds, almond flour or coconut flour, then I use it to make biscuits. I'd rather do that. And that's easier and they work. I've found recipes that work and I kind of stick to my two or three recipes. And of course, there are the bread free sandwiches. There's only one of those that I've ever really enjoyed and that is the lettuce wraps. So iceberg lettuce can be a little bit difficult because it's really fresh. It can actually snap. So I found that the gem lettuces, they, they work better for a wrap and they're, they're really nice. You know, you could make a sandwich filling and put it into a wrap and they're really lovely. They're the only bread free sandwiches that have ever worked for me. I don't really like the idea of using the outer sides of a green bell pepper. I don't like green bell peppers enough. <laughs> <laughs> to substitute them for bread. Um, but I have seen them. I've seen the bell pepper sandwich. And it just doesn't do it for me at all. I'm not really pushed. I can't imagine getting out cheese and pickle to put between two slices of green bell pepper. It doesn't really do it for me. And the other thing that I have seen that I'm afraid I can't be doing with is the aubergine toast. I, it's just not worth <laughs> I just can't be doing with it. They can't be too thin, the slices. So, you know, maybe a centimetre thick slices of aubergine and then you'd put them in a griddle pan or maybe grill them just to crisp up the outer layers of them and then you can uh, make a sandwich with them it's kind of it's the type of sandwich you'd have to eat with a knife and fork though I've used aubergines in moussaka and it was lovely but I, I'm not a huge fan of it I have to say so I would highly recommend that if you love your bread and you find it hard to stay away from it. The spelt bread is absolutely beautiful. I have actually tried the white spelt and it's it kind of has the consistency of soda bread, which is really nice. And I must say, actually, carb for carb, there is the same number of carbs in the spelt flour, but it's a less processed flour, much, much better for you. So it has a lower glycemic index So in that sense, it wouldn't spike your sugar levels the way processed, more stodgy bread would. But sorry, I was saying that I have tried the white spelt flour. Not as nice as the brown, I have to say. And I thought it was a little bit stodgy, but then I did forget to sieve the flour. 
I forgot to sieve it. So I pr- it was probably my fault. But the brown is still the winner for me. Absolute winner for me. So give it a try. And if you want the recipe, uh, I mean, basically, I can give you the recipe now, can't I? So 500 grams of wholemeal spelt flour, 440 mils of buttermilk. I use my lacto-free milk with, a, with some lemon juice in it to ferment it. One teaspoon of salt and one teaspoon of bicarb. Mix it all really, really well. Put it in a two pound loaf tin and cook it low. Gas mark three to four. You'll have to Google what it is if you've got an electric oven. Gas mark three to four. And it's about 50 minutes, maybe 55 minutes, depending on how strong your oven is. And leave it to cool. And it's absolutely beautiful. Bottom line, I suppose bread is like anything else, isn't it? Don't have too much moderation, as they say. I try not to eat it every day. I find if I don't plan very well, if I'm not uh, organised, then it is the go-to, isn't it? You know, if if I've no bread baked and I'm in a hurry, then toast is the quickest and easiest. But I try not to do that. On the subject of carbohydrates, I do treat myself to the odd baked potato and a little bit of mash on my shepherd's pie. But if I want to succeed in my weight loss... I have to limit my stodgy carbs. That's really the bottom line for me. And if I'm going to have bread, it is going to be top banana bread. Sorry, (laughs) not banana bread. You can't have banana bread. The bread is going to be top banana. No banana bread here. Sorry about that. And so before we say goodbye, it's time for one more thing. Frankie, are you there? What is that about? Yes, indeed. What is that about? So my niece, Maria... My first niece, yes, the person who made me Auntie Ammo, Maria has submitted a what is that about? And her suggestion is, why is it that the morning you're in work, you need 10 alarms to get up, but the day you can stay in bed longer, you're awake before the alarm usually goes off? Why is absolutely, I am totally with you there, Maria. I don't have to do it now because I work from home and I work for myself, really. So I'm I'm not up against the clock in that sense. You know, I don't have to run for a particular bus or be somewhere at a particular time. I just have to be at my desk at a reasonable time. But there were times where I needed an alarm by the bed and an alarm on the other side of the room. Something that would get me out of the bed because I could just, you know, the alarm would go off and then I'd kind of reach across and then just bang the And I wouldn't even wake up. I'd have, you know, bashed the clock until I found the button to turn the alarm off and I'd still be asleep. So I had to put an alarm clock on the other side of the room that would get me out of the bed and over across the way. But you're absolutely right. I always wake up earlier on a day that I don't have to be up. Now, I might go back asleep again, but I always wake up earlier on a day I don't have to be up. I don't know what that is about. I was in, I was heading to London last week and I had to be up early to get stuff sorted, make sure I had everything. And do you think I could sleep the night before? No. No, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep the night before. That was a night I needed to sleep. That was a night I needed to be awake early. So I would doze off and wake up and doze off and wake up. And then again, when I was in London on the Friday night, when I eventually went to bed, I must have woken up every hour and a half, two hours on that Friday night. And and I had to be on a really early tube to get into the centre of London. I could have really done with sleeping properly that night and I didn't. There are times where I will just conk out completely and I could sleep forever, but they won't be on the days where I need to get up early. 
Oh, no, they won't be. So, Maria, thank you so much for that. You are absolutely right. Frankie, I think you need to ask the question again. What is that about? What is that about? Thank you so much for listening. Lovely to have you with me this week. Thank you so much for those of you who've been in contact with me. Thank you for those who bought me a coffee. I really appreciate it. Go to annemariemiles.co.uk if you want to listen to other episodes of the podcast. Uh, Get in touch with me. All of the information is there and I'll be with you again next week. Bye bye.